Pressing Matters with Africa Mklope, shining biblical truth on contentious and contemporary issues. I want us to move on, guys. I, I heard something that I would I, I like to respond to things that are being spoken up, spoken about concerning the church uh, in our nation. And so, so I was, as somebody wrote something on on Facebook, and it, it just fascinated me that this person wrote this. Apparently, there was some controversy over some pastor was on TV. There's something in the program called Bifundism. And so there's this program. So there's some controversy apparently about gender identity and people believing that um, that God gender is malleable, it's changeable, that you can be any gender, and God created creates genders that are changeable. There's nothing that is consistent in terms of what gender it is or, or whatever. What so there's no set pattern of gender that God has created. So guys, I, I want to say to you that first of all, we need to separate a few things here. Number one, that every individual is entitled to human basic human rights, regardless of their belief system, their orientation, whether they are Christian or Muslim, whatever, it makes no difference. They are entitled to the same rights I'm entitled to in terms of human dignity. That is unchangeable. That is a, that is what is God given. That, that if a person is ever given a sacred right, but none of us have a right to change scripture. Okay? So there are two different things. They are not the same thing. Please hear me very well. I know this is Facebook. Okay, and Facebook is is, not, is, is is famous for censoring and, 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 and muzzling anyone who speaks anything that doesn't submit to liberal thinking. But let me, let me, do, let me try. Let me try here on this one. Here, here's the thing. We're all entitled to human dignity. We're all entitled to uh, protection and equality before the law. We're not entitled, however, to change the Bible to suit our lifestyles, regardless of what those lifestyles are. Now, I'm not here to tell you which lifestyle you must live, but I'm here to contradict you vehemently when you try to change God's mind and make it submit to your lifestyle. I'm here to tell you that doesn't work like that. In fact, I'll read for you what is called um, the Westminster, Westminster Confession, which was made uh, many, many, many moons ago. Um, which I put it here, and somehow, <laughs> for reasons I cannot tell you, I don't see it in my here where I put it here. But anyway, so people who lived in in days past, what they did that they um, th they made statements that emphasized their beliefs in certain basic fundamental truths, and these truths were independent on, of of any person's personal views, meaning these truths were not predicated on any one of us agreeing or disagreeing with them. These truths were independent of us and our views. They existed separate from what we feel, separate from different cultures we belong to, separate from the um, what the, the, the geographical locations we, we, we belong to, and, and, and whatever structures we are part of, the, the truths that they confess were not dependent on on that so so the bible is 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 very important for us to understand that it is not it doesn't need us to endorse its authority the authority of scripture is not is is not predicated it doesn't require of us to so truth is independent of your views truth doesn't become truth because you agree with it truth is independent of your feelings it doesn't require you to vote for it. Truth doesn't require support or consent. Truth is truth whether you like it or not. 
It doesn't require you to believe in it. It doesn't require support. It doesn't require consent. It doesn't require voting for it. Truth is independent of your views. It's imposed upon you from above. It's not a social construct. It's a heavenly construct brought down to the earth to be given to us, not for negotiation, but to accept it or to reject it. But we can so truth is like that. It's absolute. It's not relative. And it's, it's given to us by God. It's one of the things we see in Scripture right in the beginning as a book, as a book, Biblio, which is a collection of books, the Bible, as it opens out the first chapter, the first book, which I've read it for, I've read it for you already, but I think for the context of what I'm talking about, I need to go back to it. The first chapter, the first book of the Bible, tells us something significant about the creation of mankind on the earth. Right where you open the Bible, it says to us, this part of Scripture deals with a number of things. It deals with discrimination. It deals with racism. It deals with patriarchy, that is gender, uh, um, hierarchy, oppression of women. If you're to read Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28 properly, you can there, right there, refute patriarchy. You can there, right there, refute racial hierarchy, uh, racism. You can there, right there, refute many doc bad doctrines just by reading these three verses. They contain certain passages much truth that many bad practices on the earth would be completely annulled if we read properly what it says. Number one, let us make man our image. That by itself is heavy laden. It's loaded. That, that part is laden. Because for you to, uh, to believe that you are made in God's image, you have to first agree or have to understand the identity of this God in whose image you take after. If this identity of this God, if you are, you are uncertain, ambiguous as to how it looks like, if you think it's a personal God of the Bible, or if you think he's a transcendent deity of African religion who's an inaccessible, if you think he's monotheistic, one God, if you think he's pantheistic, whatever, if the identity of the God you form, the image of Deum, the image of God in you is determined by your understanding. You have to understand what God are you referring to? Who's the identity of this God? Because that then affects how you understand the image that you carry, okay? That is very, very important. So let's make men according to our likeness. Let them have dominion and the plurality there I've mentioned already is, is, is significant. Let them, not let him, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Three different spheres, the biosphere, the hydrosphere, and the atmosphere. And this is powerful. This is man in the image of God. Man, not man, but man is human. That's why the word them follows our immediately after that. Made in God's image, okay? And then you see that. So male and female created them and bless them. There's a them, there's plural, there's plural, there's plural. Plurality of the language is plural here, as I tell you. But also, the language is not only plural, the language also is gender specific, is a gendered language. Okay, let me say something to you that show you that what I'm talking about. So God created man in his image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So you have in the beginning of the Bible a number of very powerful, universal, eternal, unchanging truths that God expresses for us here. Um, in, in the Bible. So the language is, is plural. The language is gendered. It's gender-specific language, male and female, right? So it gives us what others would refer to as cisgender. So the gender you are born into is a gender that the Bible tells us you are. It, and so male and female. So now, and people then tell me that gender is malleable, then gender is changeable, gender is subject to feelings. They make ontological 
and epistemological claims which they cannot um, um, back up with any sense of proof, not theologically, not scientifically. They may operate on a philosophical level, but with very little basis to, 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 to substantiate the claims that they make. There's no ontological, there's no epistemological, there's no philosophical, there's no theological, bio, biological, scientific proof that back the claims that people make so freely. And when we refute these claims, we are taught, we are told that we are dogmatic, we are close-minded we must be open-minded they tell us I don't know about you but I'm very open-minded but I'm not the degree to which I'm prepared to contradict God's word to fit in into the crowds of the society so God's word shows us something very significant here the language in creation of creation is gender specific language male and female now we can go further on this and talk about um, Jesus talks about marriage in the book of Matthew chapter 19 is asked a question about, in fact, he's being challenged to answer a question about divorce. And they're trying to corner him on this one. So he has to answer this. And he says to him, in Matthew 19, verse 1, verse 3, It came to pass which Jesus had finished these sayings, and they departed from Galilee, and came to the region of Judea, beyond the followed him and he healed them. But the Pharisees came to him, testing him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Jesus answered and said, Have you not read what he made, that he made them in the beginning? That he made them in the beginning, male and female. Okay? And for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and join to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. Right? So Jesus refers to marriage and divorce not on the social evolution of marriage, not even on the Torah, what Moses allowed because of the hardness of their hearts, of course. He's not even referring to marriage on what has happened post-collapse, post-sin. He refers to marriage pre-collapse, what marriage was intended before sin entered the world. He says, listen, before you even had the law of Moses, which allowed you for divorce, this is the intention of God regarding marriage. Before Moses existed, before the Torah, before the social situation, before the hardness of your heart, this is the intention of God for marriage. He made them, the married couple, male and female, that they may become one flesh, that there may be complementarity between the two different genders as they come together there's complementarity there is a pro procreation the three reasons why people get married is for intimacy companionship is for complementarity is for intimacy and a procreation are fundamental in the creation order of God now I am not talked about feelings yet, okay? Listen to me, I've not been touched feelings yet because feelings must always be subordinated to the truth. You can't subordinate truth to feelings. You subordinate feelings to truth. And truth is, as I say to you, truth is something that exists above the creation order. So truth explains to us what God has made. What God, creation doesn't explain the truth. Truth explains creation. So, so truth tells us this is what God has made and this is why he made it. So, so, so we operate from a theology from beneath. We operate from a theology from above. So we don't make up theology that is a social construct. We receive theology which speaks to the social. The social doesn't, doesn't make theology. The, the, the theology makes, I don't know if you get my point here. The point I'm making to you is this. It is, it is regardless of our feelings on the issue or how we feel about people we love, people are close to us, it doesn't change this truth of God's word. So let me again come back and land on this. Um, 
the world we're living in is changing all the time and everything is changing. Everything is being redefined. Everything is getting new identity and new ideas and new this and new that. But the newness of it doesn't mean there's any reason why things should become new. In other words, there's no new information, there's no new discovery that should make us to revisit our ancient understanding of basic truths. In other words, we have not, we're not confronted with new knowledge here. We're confronted just with dogmatism. We're confronted with militancy. We're confronted with um, discrimination. We're confronted with intolerance. We're confronted with threats, not with new knowledge that should make us think differently about anything. I've yet to discover any new knowledge that should make you to reconsider my basic positions on some of these issues that I believe that God has made in his word. So in summary, um, if you ask me about anything about marriage, um, and, 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 and which this recording, which um, by itself is just controversial, as I've mentioned to you, I could, I could end up being banned by Facebook and, and having my, my account um, closed, which is fine. It's understandable. That would happen. But here's what I want you to, to be aware of. In the Christian environment, which most of us are part of, we define things based on what the Bible says. We are aware of the fact that the Bible, what it says, is controversial in a pluralistic society. We are aware of the fact that we're living in a religious pluralistic society. As a result of that, we don't volunteer our views on certain things because of that. We just keep our mouths shut. Okay, so we are like, uh, we, we just keep our mouths shut because we are aware of the fact that we're living in a very religious pluralistic society and there are many different views. This, um, together with our views as well. We believe in freedom of speech is very important. However, we don't necessarily change our private views because we are publicly censored. We just don't express them, but we still hold these views privately because we, we believe in Peter said this uh, to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin that gave him a strict command, a very strict command, do not, I mean, they didn't say to him, don't be religious. They didn't say to him, don't preach. Listen, they said to him, don't preach in this name. Okay? Don't preach for you. You'll bring this man's blood upon us. In other words, they had no problem Peter preaching. They had no problem Peter being a Jew and going to the synagogue. They just said, listen, don't preach in this name. That's all we're asking of you. Didn't we, didn't we tell you strictly, do not preach in this name? So this and Sanhedrin council had a problem with Peter preaching in this name, the name of Jesus. They had no problem with Peter preaching or being religious. They had a problem with Peter preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter, of course, gave the answer, which we all know. Do you think we should listen to God or to man? That's a question that he asked, which is, of course, a very rhetorical question. The answer is very clear. So my point is this. Um, when it comes to the issue of marriage, and people ask this question as well, it doesn't change what the Bible says. But we do have to respect those who differ with the Bible. Now, that's very important. What does it mean to respect? It means you don't force anyone to change their views on anything. You have no right to force anyone to change their views on anything. And you have no right to hate anyone who has a different view either. You have no right, in other words, to hate the person, to force them to change. You have no right, in fact, to do anything except to allow the person to actually practice what they believe, even if it offends you. That's the whole thing about being a Christian. It's not about making anybody to be like you, uh, because it's not a forceful religion. It's about the fact that you love the person as they do what they do and you continue loving because they allow your love for them is not dependent on them acting and speaking the way you speak as a child of God. It's dependent on the fact that they are a child of God and God loves them and you cannot do anything that contradicts God's treatment of that person. 
And that's your obligation as a child of God. I'm just arguing the fact that the fact that we have that obligation as children of God doesn't necessarily mean we not have an, an extra obligation to change our views, to submit to somebody else's view. Otherwise, I could as well be asked to endorse um, any other thing. I could be asked that, listen, you're, you're too dogmatic for you not to believe in abortion or your euthanasia or, or unwarranted killing of people or to take out the outcasts or those who are poor and those in society who are outcasts and who are seen to be unproductive and let's kill them so we can retain a pure race and let's have a, a social dualism and, and let's have a system where we eliminate the poor, the weak and the disabled because they're a burden society. There couldn't be a law like that. It doesn't mean I have to submit to that law because it becomes popular. You know, popularity, majority, majoritarianism is not also is right. Okay, so it doesn't mean because the majority agrees on something, it doesn't necessarily make it right because God doesn't submit to majoritarianism. <laughs> that's a big word, but that's the point. You get my point, right? So my point is this: in my view about marriage, I believe marriage is heterosexual, um, and I believe it's always been heterosexual. I don't believe it's ever going to change. In God's view, and I believe society will change it, and I believe society is, is entitled to do anything it likes, including um, pornography and all that. Society is entitled to that, but society is not entitled to redefine God's purpose for sex. It's not entitled to that. You're entitled. You're entitled to escape the consequences of that choice. Unfortunately, you can't. You're not entitled to live without the consequences of that choice. You're entitled to the choice and the action, but you cannot be entitled to escape the consequences that accrue, that come as a result of that choice. I hope you're with me this afternoon. I know I've said some very controversial stuff. And so you'll see tomorrow at 5 p.m. if I'm still on Facebook, uh, we'll see, you'll see me live here or I've not been cut off from safe Facebook since I've shared this, these thoughts today. So we'll see as the week progresses happens to my account on Facebook. But, but hey, that's who we are, we're children of God. Okay, we'll stop here because of time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please share your thoughts. Um, I do want us to challenge each other. So if you have a different view on this, please uh, feel free to do that. I'm not an expert on anything. I'm a student. So you share your views and uh, shoot me an inbox or of, uh, whatever. Don't send me a, treat, a treatise or a, t or a thesis on something. Um, I don't have time to do the thesis. So, so I can just... I can entertain as well.